All right, everybody. Welcome in. This is Load the Box, Monday, November 21st, 2022. It's day late and more than a dollar short. Uh, joining me, Jordan Hawthorne. I'm Will Goodwin of VikingsTerritory.com. Trying to make sense of the Vikings' complete and utter collapse yesterday afternoon to the Dallas Cowboys. 40-3 to was the final score. Jordan, I don't think we've seen anything <clears throat> this horrendous probably since the 2017 NFC championship game. Yeah, I don't think we have. I, I think this is the, the first, I don't know. I've been trying to reconcile what happened yesterday. Um, I was very public online and to all of my friends. Uh, I turned the game off at, at a couple of drives after halftime, well before they pulled, you know, cousins and all the stouters and everything. Uh, I think it was that like, it was the it was Tony Pollard, the first touchdown to open the second half. And I turned it off because the new Pokemon game came out. And I was like, I'm just going to play that. And maybe I'll put the game on on like my tablet. And I just never got around to it. I just ended up playing video games. And my wife was taking a nap. And if you can't tell, I'm wearing a coat. Uh, because as I told Will before the show, I'm sick. I do think this is the biggest debacle since the NFC Championship game. And it's another example of... And I'm not even going to say just the Vikings because I think this is pretty standout around the league. Uh, you win emotional games. You have to be built differently to come out that next week and not either be feeling yourself or be feeling like, you know, maybe there's a little bit of like a, you know, God's on our side. So, you know, like the, the football gods are on our team. So we're fine. We can go in and continue to, to just, you know, the ball just bounces our way. This is our year. No, it's not. The Dallas Cowboys just had the opposite happen. They got buffaloed to a lesser degree, but they lost after leading by two possessions at halftime to the Green Bay Packers, who are not viewed as a very good football team. So they came to Minnesota on a mission. Minnesota came back to Minnesota feeling themselves way too much, and I think they got humbled, and I think they have a lot of self-scouting to do uh, if they want to avoid Cousins getting sacked seven times again against New England's New England's defense. I think that what would be the most fitting, because I don't think you... Let me pose this question to you. Are you, like, that upset that this happened? Like, are you, are you that... Like, I've seen a lot of people saying, like, oh, well, we were fraudulent. We were... This team's not that good. We're going to go one and done in the play. Are you out on this team, or is this just, like, basically everything I just said, an emotional team an emotional win, you know, leading to a big loss. What, what, what's your take on it? I don't, I mean, <laughs> chide me if you want. I don't know if this is enough evidence to really say that this team is a fraud. I like it's one game. Obviously it was, it was terrible. Obviously. I mean, I, I checked the, the, the uh, stats, you know, season stats after the game, the Vikings now have a negative point differential for yeah. the season based on that game. Like that's how bad it was. And they're an eight and two team. So clearly it was a terrible game. <clears throat> um, I think you're right. There was probably a little bit of feeling themselves. Um, I mean, Justin Jefferson said something to the effect of this is our year um, on Sunday or Monday of last week. I think also there's just there's an element of they were probably exhausted from that <laughs> Buffalo game. A it went to overtime, so you just have more snaps. B it was high scoring, also more snaps. C it was emotional and you flew across the country. So all of that I mean the the team's not gonna use that as an excuse and nor should they. <clears throat> but that's part of it. Um but the bigger part of it is they just 
they just were not ready to play for whatever reason it was. You could tell from the first series when Cousins got sacked and fumbled that I'm not even saying that that was like, you know, Cousins wasn't ready for the play or anything. It's just you could tell that the team was not there. Um, and it was it was kind of over as soon as it started. And I don't really to answer your, you know, your initial question. I'm not out on this team yet. I think if this continues and we see this, you know, cascading into the Patriots game and then the Jets game and then they go to Detroit and lay an egg, then there's going to be some more severe doubts. Obviously, this team's going to make the playoffs unless they lose like the rest of their games. So that's not really the question here. The question is more obviously, can they advance in the playoffs? Can they make some noise? Can they get it to get to the championship, get to the Super Bowl, et cetera? Um, at this point, it's a great opportunity to learn. It's a rookie head coach. He got absolutely out schemed and out prepared and out coached and had his worst game as a head coach. And the thing that I like about this team that has not changed is that they take accountability. They take ownership of their mistakes and they're ready to work on it and they're ready to go put their best foot forward. And so, um, like, yes, they said all the right things after the game yesterday, but also you could tell if you watch their, you know, very, very short press conferences that this really bothered them and they were ready to get back to work. I think Adam Thielen said something to the effect of he was going to start watching the film tonight as in Sunday night after the game. So they're ready to put the work in. Um, they're excited for this opportunity on Thursday. I think, I mean, as a fan and as, as a podcast host slash writer, I'm, uh, I'm curious, I'm curious to see what sort of energy and what sort of, um, efficacy they come out with on Thursday night, because they're going to have a lot to prove to themselves and to, uh, the fans. Yeah. I, I think that it's, it's crucial. And this is, I kept telling my wife yesterday because, you know, I, I've, I've made it very public on the show. Uh, my Sunday routine is me, my brother, and my dad, and then wives, girlfriends, children, every, you know, like whole family gets together at my dad's house and we watch the Vikings. Um, because I'm sick, I could not go over. And I've done that. I've, this has happened. I don't know. I've said this is like my 16th show in a, you know, 10 weeks through the season that I've been sick. But. I've had to miss a couple of games over there. Yesterday, for some reason, just felt different. And, like, we started getting blown out. And, like, even me, sitting at home on my couch, I was just like, yeah, okay. Like, and, and it just kind of felt from, from kickoff. And I kept telling my wife, it, I don't know if it was because it was on CBS and I'm not used to watching the Vikings on CBS. It just felt off. I said maybe it's like the way CBS balances the crowd noise. It felt off for me watching the game. And then it definitely felt off for the guys who were, you know, getting – beaten by 37 points uh hung up on him uh i will say I, you sent me and this was i thought an electric you know I, you should be a head coach somewhere in football um you sent me a, a lutney of skulls of teams that were very good that got beat by like three or four or five possessions and granted none of them were 37 point losses but i think you did miss the and I, I, I think I could be wrong here. I think you missed the the biggest one, and that was the 2020 Buccaneers got beat 38 to three in 2020 and went on yep. to win the Super Bowl as a wild card team. So they didn't yep. get any home playoff games. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings will likely be at minimum a foul seed. They will get at least one home playoff game, and you know I, I think. 
this will be not my final take, but this is going to kind of be how I put my bow on, on this before maybe we talk about who should be blamed. Um, I told my brother, I, I name the team in the NFL right now that is undoubtedly the absolute best team. There's no chance that they don't go to the Super Bowl. There's no chance they don't win the Super Bowl. There isn't one. I mean, Philly lost to Washington. Um, Buffalo lost to Minnesota. Minnesota got blown out by Dallas. Uh, move over to Kansas City. Kansas City got beat by Buffalo, who got beat by Minnesota, who got blown out by Dallas. I mean, like, you can just, those, it's spider webs. It's yawn going all over the coke belt. It's, the, the league is at a level of parity right now that I think is so amazing because Dallas is probably going to be a wild card team and they just smacked a very good Minnesota team. And if you're listening to the national media, the narrative is, well, this is what happens when Kirk Cousins doesn't get to play at 1 p.m. Oh, at noon, Kirk Cousins does Show me the quarterback that wins that game yesterday. Pat Mahomes doesn't win it. We've seen him get pressured half that much. It was a really ugly Super Bowl that everyone said his O-line was too bad. Tom Brady, anytime Tom Brady gets pressured at even a medium amount, he usually loses. I mean, who, Josh Allen? No. Like, like there's no, maybe Lamar Jackson just because he's so fast. But if we're going to play this game, how many games do we, how many of these one skull close games do we lose because we have Lamar yep. Jackson's arm talent, not Cousins' arm talent? It's, yep. put it up, put it behind you. They have a quick turnaround. This team needs to get ahead. But now the important thing, who, who is your number one wanted poster? Who is to blame for yesterday's loss? Because I do want to take some names and, and put some heads on some stakes here. Who, who's, who do I yell at? Who do I get angry at for getting beaten so badly? <laughs> I don't know if there's, uh, there, there's so much blame to go around that I don't think – I think the only person you can't blame, <laughs> quite frankly, is Greg Joseph. Best player on the team. Best player on the team yesterday. <laughs> I think he's the only player you cannot blame. He made his only field goal, and he had two kickoffs, which amounted to nothing. So, great job, Greg. Um, I would say, I'm going to say Ed Donatel. It just felt like he was vast, like the defense was vastly out something. I mean, I'm almost like lost for words that. Yes, there was a lack of energy from the defense, but also there was just gaping holes. There can, was... I, can I jump in really quick? Because I think I know yeah. the world you're looking for. They won't out anything. They will miss something. They were mismatched because we kept yeah. putting Joe Hicks on Tony Pollard, who made it. It literally looked like Alabama playing UAB yesterday. Yeah. Like just the speed differential between our guys and specifically Tony Pollard. I think that's the most fitting world. Please continue. Yeah. I just wanted to jump in. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Tony Pollard. We need to give him his flowers. That dude can play. I Stud. I sat there watching the game with my friend Chad, and he we were just, I was, I was just marveling over him compared to Zeke. And there's nothing to like sniff at with Zeke. I mean, he's a good player, and he's he's strong, and he can bowl over a a pile like he had a couple goal line touchdowns. I think, but the thing with Tony Pollard is that that dude is fast and he's twitchy and he's much more of a playmaker than Zeke. If I'm Dallas, I figure out a way to get Zeke off the books and I pay Tony Pollard if I'm going to pay any running back. Anyways, Ed Donatel, um, it was a mismatch there. You said it well. And the things that just drove me nuts were again, it felt very Philadelphia Monday night, you know, seven yards, a slant, and then they'd run for six more um runs of six to eight yards 
throws out to the flat to the running backs. Nobody's within 10 yards of the running back and he scampers for 12. It's just this you're, you're saying of death by a thousand paper cuts. It was more like death by a hundred knife cuts, just kind of like over and over and over and over again. And the, you're basically dead by the end, by halftime, but the Cowboys had more, you know, more knives in them, if you will. It was just, I, I think that's what I would say. Cause the, the offense was terrible, like make no mistake about it, but the defense's inability to make any stops whatsoever gave the offense nearly no chance because they're dropping back to pass and Dallas is just pinning their ears back and going after Kirk. And so when there was no ability to have any balance on offense, largely due to the fact that the defense couldn't get any stops, you're putting your offensive line just, you know, behind the eight ball. So <coughs> I'd say Ed Donatel and just the complete no show by the defense. Yeah, I think I, so I'll, I'll flip it over. I do have a take on the defense and specifically one person who I'm very upset with or angry at, but um offensively i mean o'connell has to take a huge chunk of this blame pie if you want to call it that um unacceptable to be calling anything but like after the first two drives it should have been especially once darosaw went out it should have been established okay so they're coming like they'll come we got to get this ball out fast and we got to get it out you know on quick slants three-step drops we can't really try to push the ball vertically um and maybe if it, and also a stat, keep the run game going. It felt like we got away from the run way too soon. Yep. And it also felt like when we did throw the ball, we were running these long developing passing plays. We have to be able to have a quick, we have to be able to death by a thousand cuts teams ourselves. And yep. we were just completely unable to either. It's not even that we're unable because this offense it should be stacked. Uh, we were unwilling to pivot in that direction. Uh, and that's why Nick Mullins got significant playing time at the end of this game. Um, if I had to put it on one specific player yesterday, and this is kind of a hot take, but I would say Kirk Cousins deserves most of this blame. And that's obviously a giant joke, but I would actually, legitimately, he's on the defense. Uh, Andrew Booth Jr.'s not, not ready at all. He is the, I mean, like he is a, we set the oven he was supposed to be baked on 350 and we have set the oven at 50 and we need to crank it up, get him, you know, some knowledge about how to play football um, because he doesn't look good. Uh, he was missing tackles. He was getting beat regularly uh, by anybody that they lined up on him. And I thought they made it pretty abundantly clear. Um, Dallas, that is that they were going to attack him and make him prove that he was even mediocre at football, and he was not. Yep. He did not have a good day. He had a very bad day, I would say. Um, he was probably the worst player I saw playing uh, out there. Mm-hmm. If, but that's if you have to put it on one yeah. person. I don't think this whole loss is on him. Obviously, we should have gotten more on stops. We should have played better defense on Tony Pollard. It really, to me, when you get beat this badly, I think when you get beat this badly, it's coaching. When you get beat very close, that's when you can stop nitpicking players. And that was my biggest gripe. And this is actually going to be my final final thoughts. And then I'll pass it to you, and then I'll get us out of here. So I will do a little back and forth. But I, uh, it feels like in the past with Cousins, when we've lost a game by two or three possessions and kind of gotten blown out or whatever you want to call it, it's it one. It's never been this big, and two. It it to me, it's always felt like it was Cousins' fault. It was Cousins' inability to overcome the offensive line having a kind of bad day, and him getting pushed out a, a pretty high, a, a decently high number of times, and him just melting down. 
this was obscene. This was truly like, this was an obscene amount of pressure. I don't think I've ever seen, I can't remember a game where someone got pressured at that rate. Well, the game that comes to mind for me where somebody got sacked that much was like, do you remember when we played Detroit a few seasons ago and we sacked Matthew Stafford like 11 times? Like it, it was that kind of a game. Um, you can't win that way with Cousins. You can't win that way with any quarterback. Um, there had been some comments made in the past about teams who have figured out what the Vikings are doing to compensate their lack of talent on, on the offensive line. Should we be worried that Dallas honed in on those weaknesses and, and found what the, tr- the secret to the sauce was and completely wiped us off the face of the map? I don't know. But Minnesota, like I said, they have a quick turnaround. They play in three days' time. Um, we'll see what happens with this team, with the Vikings. But to me, this 100%, I think, falls on the coaching. And we, we just have to do better. And I don't want to sound like O'Connell, but yep. we, we just have to – the Vikings have to do better. Um, but also, it's, it's not really time to panic. We've seen them, yeah. you know, there's, we either win close games or we get blown out. And we're going to be in a lot more close games than we all blowouts. I think that that's pretty that's pretty safe to say. So let's just let's just have a good bounce back. Tune in on Wednesday and uh, hear what we think about this Patriots game. But um, yeah. I'll pass it off to you, and then I'll get us out of here whenever you'll finish up. Finish yeah. Up. The the last just couple things is you know we talked about Andrew Booth. Um, Christian Darrisaw also went out with another concussion, which is concerning not only for the Vikings but also for him and his his um his brain and his head. I mean, head injuries are scary and he's got two of them now in a span of two weeks. And you wonder if maybe it was the same one, you know, repeating itself, whatever. I will, Um, I will chime in on this as kind of a concussion expert. I did. I know a lot about concussions. I did a whole school project on them in college and everything. (laughs) Um, It is good news that it was not almost a non-contact concussion where like his head just kind of whipped and it, he got, he got headbutt on the play. So that is good in terms of like, I don't think we need to worry about him being a concussive risk. There is obviously the long-term health of the brain and all of that, that you, that's, you know, any concussion is bad, but in terms of, is he going to be a repeat concussion, like a fendo? Is he going to have to worry about that? I don't think he is as long as Micah Parsons doesn't come at him every week and bam, right to to his face mask. So that's kind of good news. If you want to look for a bright spot. Yeah, and the concerning thing with that, right, is just the more concussions you have, the more susceptible yeah. you are to having them in the future. So there, there's there's obviously that piece too, but we're not medical experts, so we won't no, not by any dive chance. into that not too much. But but really, the uh, the piece that I wanted to touch on there was just that, you know, we had Darisaw really didn't play, and even when he did play, you could tell he wasn't right. I mean, he got he he allowed two sacks in the first two or three series. I mean, he was not right. He does he's hardly allowed a sack all season. Um, but then also the the, um, the lack of Dantzler and or Caleb Evans really hurt us. You mentioned Andrew Booth. Um, now, let's be very clear. Two players do not change that game. The Vikings are still going to lose that game even if they have those two guys, the, just based on the way everything went. However, the way that it snowballed, partially because those two players were not there, it could have been a very different game. You never know. I mean, yeah. one thing leads to another. And that, that game just got out of hand so fast that – it just, you know, nothing really se- could have really changed it as the game went on. But it's worth noting, um, and it's it's a slight concern depending on whether, depending on Evans' availability for Thursday. Darisaw will not play on Thursday, but Evans, depending on his concussion protocol, he might play, and that would be huge if he can because, as you said, 
Andrew Booth's not ready yet. The last thing, though, you know, you mentioned let's not panic too much. Obviously, you lose by 37 at home. You made a great call out to the Bucks in 2020. I looked this up. It was week nine. No, this was week 11. Similar point in the season. They were at home. They got blown out by the Saints, also a good team. Um, the Bucks, I think, were probably favored going into that game. Whatever. So that's a scenario where Bucks went on to win the Super Bowl that year. So um, it's something where you know this isn't this shouldn't bury the Vikings, and I'm sure the players and the coaches are not thinking that. But for the Vikings fans out there, this does not mean the season's over. I mean, like I like Jordan mentioned, I also sent him a couple scores last season. The Rams got just absolutely boondoggled at the uh, 49ers. I think it was like week eight or nine or something. They lost like 31 to 10 on Monday night football. Um, it was just an utter disaster. They last, uh, last year as well, the chiefs got destroyed by the Titans 27 to three. The chiefs did fine. They made the AFC championship game. Should have um, won it. <laughs> should have won it. The Rams obviously went on to win the super bowl. Now, the Vikings losing by 37 and still having a good record means nothing in terms of their future success. However, let's not take this one game as, you know, the truth of what this team is. Now, if it continues to to snowball and they continue to have poor performances as starting on Thursday, then we can have some more concern. But let's take a deep breath. As Kirk Cousins said, it counts as one. The season's not over. They're still eight and two. They're still the second seed in the NFC. They got lots to learn. It's a good thing that this happened in week 11 and not in the first round of the playoffs. So that's all I got. I'm excited for Thursday. I'm excited for Wednesday to break down the Patriots, another tough game for the Vikings. Um, but for now, I mean, terrible game. Let's flush it. Let's move on. And hopefully the team can learn from their mistakes last night. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I'll keep this little bo- little tidbit uh, short and quick here. Um, one, uh 500 we don't really do points on the show or anything but like 500 points to will for using the phrase boondoggled um just just a thesaurus over there um and two uh, i did, i'm gonna say this i'm gonna run my mouth a lot very quickly and i'm gonna live to regret it i hope as long as i don't keep getting sick and sick and sick i should live to see the playoffs this year do you think if dallas comes to minnesota the tv screens that hang inside of the TCO Performance Studios do not just play this game on repeat over and over. 37 points. That's what they did in our... The Vikings will be ready if slash when they see Dallas, and it's looking like Dallas is going to be a wild card team. It's looking like Minnesota's going to be a division winner. Division winners typically play wild card teams. That's that's all I'm saying. So, (laughs) I'm... just I'm just saying it's there's a good chance we see this team again and I don't want to say I want I want to see them again they have a ferocious pass rush they have a good secondary they have a, a very fast apparently fast is the key word but they have an effective offense um they're a very t- a difficult team to beat uh but I think that the Vikings would have just that little bit more motivation if they played uh, a team like Dallas versus having to play um I'm trying to think like San Francisco if they make a wild card or, or the Seahawks if they come in as a wild card mm-hmm. so um 
that's kind of the end of it. Make sure you shop Unified. Make sure you check out the show on um, on Twitter at LTB Vikings. I'm just realizing that the little bottom scrolly ticker thing is all doinked up and has been all show. I'm very sorry about that. Uh, it, it there really isn't anything anything on there except for we lost by a lot. Uh, and also the <laughs> the links for the YouTube and everything. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube, like the YouTube, like the Facebook, do all of that. Uh, follow him on. I can't do this because my camera's at an angle. Follow Will on Twitter at Will Bad Lose the Goat Twitter name, and check out the Bad Loser blog. Check out VikingsTerritory.com. Vikings takes opinions all of the fun stuff uh and most importantly keep your heads up we have a beautiful thanksgiving win lose or draw remember what the holiday is about i'll do that spiel 